welcome to the Red Thread Podcast. I'm your host, the Royal We, Randy, and I thank you for joining me on this journey. Uh, this week, I've got uh, Miss Navier Alora in the studio, and we had a wonderful conversation regarding things like the Akashic Record and some of the uh, other things that she's uh, into in life, and um, she's into uh, the art of divination, so things like tarot. Uh, Akashic record readings, um, some clairvoyant medium type action going on there. Um, so all kinds of really interesting perspectives, and it was really awesome to speak with her and kind of gain uh, a little bit of an, a better understanding, not anywhere near a complete understanding, and hopefully I can talk with her again in the future because it's super interesting um, how I'm finding out that that these things are not just, um, you know, little kids, uh, you know, activities like like in the movie The Craft, right? Like this is far from the case. This is so much more relevant and intriguing, and um, just very real. And uh, I think it's something that you know people should should know more about, and that there should be a little less uh, less of like. Um, uh, a shroud around this particular subject. So uh, sit back and listen to the conversation we had, and uh, hopefully it can give you a, a different perspective like it did me. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to the Welcome to Red Thread Podcast. I'm your host, Random Randy, the Royal We. And today I'm on with Navier Alora. Navier, hello. Aloha. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Appreciate you coming on. It's wonderful to uh, finally speak with you. I know we've kind of been uh, touching base back and forth for not really too long, maybe a couple weeks or so. Um, and um, like I was just kind of briefly speaking with you about before we started recording, um, I've had some very, very brief <laughs> entry-level experience when it comes to things like um, like meditation and um, this, this sort of thing, uh, dealing with, you know, the astral plane is something that I haven't delved into too heavily, but I do definitely know that it is a thing. <laughs> and exists for all to kind of tap into. And so, you know, I'm I'm really pleased to have you on so that maybe we can discuss some of these, what people would consider maybe more outlandish aspects of life. Um, they're very intriguing to me. So I appreciate yeah. you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I have definitely been experiencing the outlandish edges of life, I guess people would term it. Um, but to me, it's always been extremely real and palpable and just as vivid as the rest of the senses, the extra senses have always been sort of turned out for me. And that's a combination of having it in my bloodline from my mother's mother's side and my father's mother's side. Um, having mediums and clairvoyants and sensitives in, in witches in 
in those lineages. However, uh, my family tried to keep it quiet in a lot of ways, but it's it's awesome out. It's 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 out there now, and um, it's awoke you know awakened or awakened whatever the word is. Um, when I was about four years old, I had a near death experience, and that really sort of uncorked the bottle of my mysticism, um, psychic abilities, I would say. So I don't so, really have um, like memories before that. I mean, very, very few. That's like, crazy. That's just what I was going to ask was, would you say that that's when you uh, woke up in this realm? Um, you know, how, how um, I, I guess in metaphysics and, and in, you know, uh, the mystery teachings often there's you know an understanding that you wake up into the dream and then you wake up into this world and a lot of us are just now uh waking up into this world where maybe more people are are just at the starting starting line um you know maybe uh waking up into this existence and it sounds like maybe you did both at the same time if that makes sense um I would say that I stopped being a little kid at four years old mm. and because when I was, I was drowning in my parents in my family's pool and my mother was in the pool with me and she wasn't helping me. She was just frozen in the, in the corner, unable to move or save me. And I popped out of my body and floated over the pool and I could see myself like flailing in the water drowning and I could also see my mother you know on the other side not doing anything just like screaming and I heard they call it the great voice but some folks say it's like your high self um, your guardian angel but it I'm not sure what it was but it was a great voice and it said very calmly She's not going to save you. Hmm. You need to save yourself. And that's, that's received, interesting. Yeah. And then I received what I call like a, a matrix download. Like I had a, a quick tutorial download in my mind of how to doggy paddle. And I heard you need to get to the side of the pool and save yourself. And I saw how with the doggy paddle uh, tutorial. And I did it. And I got to the side of the pool, not not elegantly, but I got there and I pulled myself out. And that was sort of when I stopped trusting the big people to rely on. You know, it was like, I think at that young age, most children look at their parents or their elders or their teachers or, you know, whatever, caregivers as like little gods, you know, like trust the big people to know what's going on. Trust the big people to keep you safe. Trust the big people to know more than you do. Yeah. hundred percent. Trust the science, trust these people, you know, <laughs> I, mean, I didn't have that illusion was wiped away at, at that moment. And a few months after that, so we're still in the summer. Um, I'm four years old. And I was jumping on the edge of my bed, how kids do. And I jumped and missed the mattress and 
this is like the 70s. So the 1970s, there was nothing that was really childproof at this point yet. And there were sharp edges everywhere and, you know, lead in the paint and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I jumped off the edge of the bed and popped my ear and slit my head open and um, give myself a nice concussion and fell, you know, off the bed and was bleeding. And they, my mother and grandmother called the ambulance and they put me in a straitjacket. And I remember um, leaving my body again. And I can still see that like yellow, beige, faded cloth of the straitjacket. I know what that looks like. Um, I remember seeing my little head covered in blood, matted against my blonde hair. Um, I remember all of it in like little patches. And that was the second time I left my body and saw myself. So I was really acutely aware that there was a consciousness that could weave your body that was separate from your body and that we were more than just the physical senses and the physical self because I was existing outside of my body and witnessing myself twice now. And yeah. Yeah. That seems to, there seems to be a lot of, a lot of science backing up exactly what you're saying about the um, out of body experience. Um, personally, I had a near death experience, um, but not so much the out of body thing. Um, but when you're talking about your great voice or your higher self, um, that really, you know, struck a chord with me just then because yeah, I had a, an instance where my guardian angel or higher self or whatever you want to call it spoke with me right before I was, you know, clinically dead for a bit. So, um, it's, it's interesting that you, that you brought that up as well as the, uh, you know, slipping out of your body and, and going above and being able to see everything going on. Um, because, you know, definitely through my own experience and speaking with people like you that have near death experiences, it, it definitely did a lot to cement that in, instead of it being a belief, being a knowing, you know, within. Yeah, I can relate to that too. I mean, it was, for me, direct experience is something that you can't argue with. You know, you can have a belief, but if you have an experience, this is a whole other level because this is your, this is your witness experience, full immersion. It's not just like something you read in a book and it resonates or something someone else told you. It's like your direct lived experience. So yeah, right after um, those experiences, I started having what they called dreaming true experiences. So I would have um, dreams or visions of people dying. I would um, see the relative in a box. I would hear people crying. I would get dates. And I would tell my mom and dad, I'd wake up from my dreams and say, someone-so is going to die on this date. And they'd be like, oh, it's just your imagination. It's just a bad dream. And um, after the third or fourth time that this happened, and like arguing with them like so i'm like in preschool if you can imagine like a little four-year-old being like i know what i saw you know yeah um, yeah the, was, the same thing we all do to our kids if you know if you have them is you, you we tend to gravitate toward criticizing their stories 
you know, yeah. and it's, <laughs> it's unfortunate because they're probably closer to telling the truth than all of us adults are to each other. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have a concept of, of lying, um, but I was being told constantly that I was lying. And um, I, I recently found out that I'm neurodivergent and everything just makes so much more sense. But a lot of children who are neurodivergent and are autistic are extremely truthful and honest and expect other people day to day to be on that same level. And it's been the biggest wake up call in my life, how deceitful people are. And I still expect people to be telling me the truth, even though, you know, I've been burned so many times by folks um, being. Yeah. At a certain point, you know, you, you just realize to love people for, for who they are, all of that included, at least there are some that are predictable in their deceit and you can, you know, keep them as outliers, but, yeah, um, I don't, I don't have any, I don't have any room in my life for people who are deceitful. I really yeah. Don't. Yeah. You I just got to be able to push them to the outside and I'm completely over it at this <laughs> point in my life. I grew up with a narcissistic pathological liar mother and it's, it's just like, no, thank you. Like you get to be whatever you need to be, but away the fuck away from me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I'm sure that it has to draw, you know, off of your energy, especially if, you know, your focus is to use your energy for healing and for reading. Right. Um, You can't have these type of people around that are pulling from your, your prana or your chi. And wouldn't that make it more difficult for you to do what what you need to do if you have these people in your life? Well, when, and, and this was, this is something that was really identifiable to me is when people would, would be untruthful or deceitful for whatever reason, because they have a mental illness or a sickness or a personality disorder, or they're just bad or whatever you want to call it. Right. It doesn't really matter why the lie is coming out of their mouth. It feels different as a psychic, as an empath, as a clairvoyant, it's completely disconcerting. And it's just like this slimy energy and it feels really like a fog. And you're and you're still trying to make sense of it. Like, why did this not, I don't under, and it's just like kind of takes the, the floor out from under you. And right, right. It's a certain kind of an emptiness um, is how I always like, felt it. It's just a, a lacking. Uh, <laughs> You know, <laughs> I, I don't know. Everybody yes. maybe puts it different, but yeah, you've yeah. got a, a bit more specific of a detail on, on what that feels like. And that's interesting. Um, yeah. Cause to me, it always just, just kind of feels like a lack of. Um, so, I mean, you're feeling the nitty gritty, <laughs> the, the deep within of, of their, you know, of their deceit. And that's, that's interesting. Um, you know, maybe that's something I'm kind of glad I haven't developed to that extent. Um, you know, because it can be hard to deal with those, you know, those picking that, that energy up. Um, oh, yeah. And if you're catching it to a certain degree like that, that sounds a lot more um, like it may be a lot more overwhelming to someone like me who's not, you know, very experienced in, um, you know, breaking my core self, my soul away from this physical realm, you know, and disassociating from it. Um because I mean, at, at some point you're when just out of curiosity, when you're when you're doing readings or stepping into the astral plane, do you often start from a place of just neutrality? Um, 
that maybe isn't quite into the hall or anything yet, and maybe before you set off in your journey, um, kind of a quiet place, as some people like to call it. Um, or are you able I, just to dive right in? Like, I was I was trained by a facilitator that got her training from the ARE, from the Edgar Casey Foundation. Mm-hmm. So I didn't study with the ARE, but my teacher did. And I was trained in the formal ARE tradition, the way that Edgar Casey got in the records. So it's like a, a sacred prayer. And then, like, I'm already clairvoyant and clairaudient, but it, like, amps it all up. So I'm having an experience of, um, like, crystal clear, like, movie watching in my head. I can see it, I can feel it, I can touch it, taste it, smell it, like feel it in myself. So it's like um, once the records are open, it's sort of like a gong and like that I get a tone and the, hmm. the records open. And then it's helpful if the um, person who I'm doing the reading with and for has specific questions that helps it like go in the direction that they want. And if the um, like sometimes folks will ask questions about other people in their record reading and I will literally see a door slam because we don't have permission to look at their record we have permission for this person who was asked a question so like if mm-hmm. like say a woman comes in and she's like my husband or my boyfriend blah 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 and you know did they or what's their past life around this I I can't read for them because they're not sitting there. They didn't ask me a question. They didn't give me permission to open the record. So there's like a legit keeper of the records that allows me to see what I need to see and then sort of gatekeeps the rest. That's amazing. Um, and that seems to, to be kind of a, a consensus, if you will. Um, and this may be why um, perhaps in, in my own journeys, I have never made it past that point uh, simply because a, I don't have a definitive question pretty much ever. There was one time I got knowledge, <laughs> uh, you know, out of, out of the equation. And it was when I had a specific question, which was kind of what is the nature of the universe? And essentially I was relayed the, that it's kind of like a soap bubble was probably all that I could handle taking out of that at that point in time. Cause this was very early on in my meditation. So, um, that's interesting that you speak of the gatekeeper. And there are some people that have done DMT that often run into this entity, um, like in a, in a, in a very real way. Um, and you know, some of these people, uh, never go back to that realm and never dive in any further because it's, it's startling and jarring to them. Um, but it seems like you've got a pretty good understanding and relationship with, you know, the keepers of the gates and, and how the proper way to do things is, and it's really a pity that, you know, more people aren't privy to the pop, the proper protocol, I guess. Um, and so that's, that's just really neat. Uh, just something I've yeah. noticed from talking to a few people that there's a common, common area there. And um, so I guess that would, you know, to answer my own question about like a quiet space that you start from, it sounds like you've got that pretty well primed within you all of the time. Uh, so you're able just to kind of go straight through the process and you know what I mean, walk, walk those steps and do those things to access the information that you need. And that's really cool. 
um, you know, it's something I'm leaning more into, um, you know, since I've gotten one piece of information, I know that this exists and I know that this is a real thing from experience. Uh, I just haven't buckled down and I don't know if you want to call it discipline or just strength. I haven't built the strength enough in myself to, to, you know, transport myself any further down into that realm. I'm still kind of stuck in this physical one. So it's awesome to, to be able to sit and speak with you about your point of view on these things from a, from a place of, of, you know, obvious from a place of ignorance for myself. So I appreciate that big time. Well, I I have, I have a few things to say. So I'm, I just turned 48. So that was 44 years ago that I had my first near death experiences and I got my um, Akashic record training in 1998, I don't even know how many years ago that was, um, 24 years. So that's mm-hmm. a long time that I've been, you know, working with this, with this muscle or this ability or whatever you want to call it. Um, so have some compassion and patience with yourself. And I would suggest getting formal training. Um, that will help. The other thing I wanted to say is circling back to the soap bubble thing. I have a lot to say about this. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I've never heard anyone else mention the soap bubble. And my head kind of blew up just now because um, when I when I do Akashic record readings for folks, um, a lot of times I get information that sounds completely insane, like legitimately as I'm getting the information, I'm thinking to myself, oh, this person's going to think I am. A <laughs> right. Yeah. I thought you know? meditating was nuts until I clear as day got this response that, <laughs> that I told you. And uh, ever since then, it's just it's like a light switch was thrown on. You know, I'm aware of this realm and yeah. um, and it's nuts. So what is it that, that you what what key information have you got on this this bubble theory? I've heard of it yeah. referred to as bathtub theory also. And it's, I, I don't know anything about it other than my own experience with the records. So I had this, um, I had this client come and this was when I was doing face-to-face sessions. Um, I worked for the better part of six years at a witch shop, an old, old world witch shop in Florida. Um, and that was amazing and got to do like four or five days a week uh, face-to-face sessions with folks and also priestess their full moon session or full moon rituals. And I was teaching like uh, fundamental witchcraft classes and psychic development and teaching Reiki energy healing and, you know, doing a lot of um, like community work and face-to-face with, you know, folks seeking and folks coming in for um, readings and, psychic sessions and such so this one woman I had read for her for maybe a year and you know from time to time she'd come in and she had questions about um these dreams that she was having but she didn't say anything else she just said I'm having these weird dreams and I wonder if you can tap into the records and see what they're about so I I tap into the record and records and the visual that I get it's like I'm out in space and I'm in this sort of like lightly violet, lightly indigo sky. And it's nothing, nothing 
except these like purple bubbles, but they're <laughs> they're purple bubbles up against this violet like space sky, right? And when I say there's trillions of these little like soap bubbles, that's mm-hmm. what I see. <laughs> All of these soap bubbles floating around in this violet background. And I'm thinking, what the heck is this? And I ask for clarity and the record keepers send me into the consciousness of one of these soap bubbles. And you know how like when you blow a soap bubble, all of the water sort of um, all of the liquid forms at the bottom of the bubble. It kind yeah. of hangs out at the bottom. Yeah. That's, that's where they sent me. Like all the juju was going on at the um, bottom where the liquid was collecting. And there was a consciousness there. Yes. And, and there's a personality in there. That's that's how, exactly how Gaia is. 100%. That's, that's yes. It starts, to, it starts to communicate with me. And it tells me all this information about my client and how um, it, this bubble being that she is in another realm has twin sons, two little boys, two, two male bubble children. And I'm <laughs> thinking to myself, oh boy, oh man, I'm going to tell this woman that she has a parallel life where she's a bubble. I love it. Not only has a, not, is not only a bubble in this purple bubble world, but she also has twin boy bubbles. And I'm thinking she's never going to come back. She's going to think I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. But I tell her because the guides say, don't edit. Don't edit. Right. Yeah. Anytime I get anything coming through, I have to put it down word for word. And that's, it's weird, but that's how my podcast started. (laughs) You know, it was these, these thoughts that were just like, nope, you better put this to paper and put this out there, man. Like, like shining through myself, shining through finally, you know, through all this muck and mire that is, that is being an earthbound spirit. Right. (laughs) So I, I, I didn't edit. I told her what I saw and what I was experiencing and her mouth dropped open and she said to me, I go there every night and this is the dream that I wanted clarity on. <laughs> That's amazing. I said, I said, well, it's not a dream. It's a parallel reality that you, that you have a life in. And that's where you go when you sleep. And she's that's like, that so makes awesome. so much sense. Because it validated what she was already experiencing. And she thought it was just dreams. Like, why do I have this reoccurring dream? of? But she didn't tell me anything about it. And I'm sitting there telling her what they're telling me. And she's like, that's what I was asking about. But I didn't know. So, yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. There have been a few people that I've said that to. And and their lids have popped off. And they've had their own personal kind of synchronistic thing when it comes to the whole bubbles on bubbles thing. And, um, like it was just so profound for me, uh, when, when that came through and then when it was validated some year and a half, two years later, you know, I was listening to like Joe Rogan experience and he had Bob Bigelow on there and he was talking about the nature of the universe and, you know, specifically, which I thought was interesting, but then he goes and speaks about, um, it being more like bubbles on bubbles. And so it's just completely mind blowing um, to hear this, you know, confirmed. I've never like, heard that. 
Yeah. And I hadn't either. And I didn't take myself, my power, my own power seriously until it was, you know, confirmed through this, you know, external kind of very material, uh, you know, confirmation coming through. Um, and it's just cool because I can point to that episode and tell somebody else, like, look, if you look at this episode, when they're speaking, you'll find this. And like whether other people want to believe that I had had that understanding or that knowledge a couple of years prior to that is up to them. But, you know, it did, uh, it resonated so heavily with me that it just utterly changed my life. So it's just one of those things like, um, and that was right after probably, you know, the whole flat earth thing was gaining a lot of traction and there was a lot of that going on. So it's like, well, uh, it taught me to think outside of the box and, um, like, you know, imagine that, that everything about life is that double slit experiment, that quantum physics experiment where, uh, we have to have an observer for, for anything to become, you know, matter to become a particulate, uh, instead of just an energy waveform. So without anybody looking, there is no such thing as anything really. Um, and so, yeah, it's just mind blowing to to be able to pan and, and it felt like panning out, like seeing this, this feeling, this bubbleness felt like panning way out of the world. Like if you could pan out forever and just keep going, like, like the images you would want to see or would expect to see from space, like really, you know, for all the flat earthers out there, I'm subscribing to this, that there are no real pictures of space, but um, because somehow in my mind's eye, I was able to notice this. And I mean, if the universe is within us, that would make a lot of sense that we would be able to pan out in our minds, but maybe not necessarily in this material world, you know? Yeah, I know. There's, there's so many mysteries. There really are. And I feel like with the work that I do, I'm just constantly amazed and excited. And, you know, I just get to sort of sit back and and witness in a lot of ways. And I think the true work for any medium or any clairvoyant is to sort of get out of the way and let it happen. Absolutely. Right on. And, you know, something, uh, uh, kind of an interesting thing when it comes to clairvoyance that I've been toying, toying with this idea, and it's popped up out there a couple of times, is that this thought that this whole pandemic that's going on right now is somehow awakening children's innate abilities to uh to you know read each other read the world um maintain kind of a clairvoyant state and that this is why they're pushing this agenda so hard is to keep people from accessing their superpowers and um you know if you look into uh, the mechanism that that causes clairvoyance it's like a quantum mechanism you know it's a the closest thing we can attribute to it scientifically is like quantum theory because everything is attached at all times uh, everywhere. So, so there's, there's this connection there that they're trying to sever these, these maniacs that are running things. And um, hopefully you don't mind that, that we just kind of touch on these maniacs for a second. I don't like to give them my energy too much, but at the same time, it warrants, you know, noting that you're hearing and seeing more and more people actually step into their power. Um, yes, some of it, I'm sure, is kind of like a distraction, like a lot of the lot of new wave stuff is kind of a distraction because realistically, you have to experience these things for yourself, whether it's through a medium um, 
you know, in order to, it's not just like going and doing yoga isn't, isn't going to lead you to enlightenment, you know, as much as a lot of people would like that to be the case, um, you really kind of have to have the intention, um, I suppose to, to want the responsibility to access like the knowledge that's available to you. Um, and I know that's kind of, you know, off handle, but, um, it just seems to be the truth. Like with, like you're saying with gaining this, this knowledge or this understanding on the world, your job then is to, to push it out there and, and, you know, bring this part of yourself to where it's needed, um, in order to make some form of an energetic balance, whether it's in your own life or in the world. Does that, does that kind of ring true to you? I mean, I feel like the work that I do is very like interpersonal. I don't really deal with um, like social or political or like the world at large. Every mm-hmm. time that I try and tap into like the greater, greater situation, I'm, I'm unable to read it. So my gifts don't lie there. My gifts lie in working with one-on-one yeah. people. So you, you're you're able to get the each unique personal uh, point of view, um, kind of kind of through your your work, and that's freaking huge. You know that's amazing. Um, <laughs> you know, honestly, I I wish that I could could have a more direct interpersonal link in order to get what I feel is my work done. Um, but so far it's going really well. <laughs> and, and I've just started, you've been, you saying that you've been, been up to this, uh, sort of lifestyle for the better part of like 30 years. Correct. So, I mean, or 25 years. So, so, I mean, that's, I've been I, doing readings since, um, it's, it's coming up on, it'll be 31 years this year. That's amazing. Like, like professional reading, like reading for money, um, you know, cross my palm with silver you know, kind of readings. But before that, I was doing, you know, readings for friends and family and learning about tarot and divination and meditation and whatnot. But um, yeah, I mean, like, specifically working as a professional psychic for 30 years. That's amazing. And I'd imagine it's a completely gratifying experience um, to be able to do this kind of work and and to be able to make a living uh, off of it. That's, yeah. that's phenomenal. And, um, but I, I really don't advertise very much. I and mean, I have my podcast and I go on other podcasts. I'll be on the French FM, um, next Wednesday with, on the Jess Rogie show, the Rogie report. Um, and I've been in lighting the void and cosmic salon and Knox Mente and other, um, amazing podcasts that are out there, you know, with their own, um, magic you know, but I'm not like getting billboards or right. And and I think that's kind of what I was gravitating towards when I was speaking of like the new age movement, you know, the mass emails, (laughs) the, uh, (laughs) the billboards and the convention centers rented out and you know how there's like a whole culture, uh, behind, uh, behind the work that, and a lot of these people are phenomenal people doing great work, but they're kind of caught in this machine (laughs) of, of new wave, um, not even the thinking, it's just like a cultural, like construct that's, that's built kind of like comic book culture. It's the same thing. That's that's been going on since the late eighties, you know, that's been around for a long time and it's just sort of getting a lot of steam with, with the yoga movement. And 
you know, everyone is like into chakras and meditations and, um, you know, like I've been doing yeah. Reiki since 1996 and there's lots of people still to this day who don't know what, what Reiki is, but it's way more in the mainstream now. And um, I lived at a yoga center for a year in British Columbia and Northern California and studied with a guru from India. And this was like 2002 and three. So a lot of these, um, like I sort of hit all the main veins of the new age movement. You know what I mean? But I don't consider myself a new wave or new age or any of that. Like I'm old age. I'm <laughs> right on. Uh, Way to own time. it. <laughs> That's you know, awesome. It's, it's something that um, cultures and people have been connecting in it's since the since the dawn of of humankind i want to say is my my feeling and belief is that yeah i think so too i i definitely feel a primordial sense um you know especially when when engaging with that realm um you know that that kind of gong that you're speaking of that vibration um it's kind of unmistakable once once you allow your body and your your heart and everything to line up to where you can resonate and some may call it like hearing the voice of god um is is probably like the closest wording that will do it justice and and so yeah just to know that that's there is a 100% reassuring and it seems that all of these movements and like cultural hijackings are like designed to push people more towards like perfecting a useless art than perfecting themselves. You know, like if, if you don't want to look in within yourself and, and kind of make, you know, progress as a, as a soul, you're not necessarily going to have or develop this, the same connection, um, you know, probably without psychedelics anyway, but even then you might still have this gatekeeper entity slamming doors in your face. So, <laughs> you know, a lot of people are kind of stuck on the porch uh, when it comes to these cultural things, but, uh, but I digress there. So just out of curiosity, I, I'm curious to know your thoughts on, um, on when, when people are jumping into, into meditation and chakras and crystals um, you know, there is a lot of good intent there from people that are trying to do the right things in their life. Um, but do you think maybe a lot of these people don't understand their own power? Uh, and, and this is why it never, never works. You know, they don't step into themselves. Is that? Um, I don't know. I think everyone's an individual and I'm not sure what kind of meditation they're doing or what kind of chakra practice. They're doing. That's true. Yeah such a blanket statement i don't even know yeah and it seems like everywhere you look there's a different angle on on what it takes and that that in itself you'll spend 20 years just trying to find your way instead of kind of feeling it out (laughs) i think if you're if you're sitting and meditating and being being in a quiet place for yourself and just trying to shut out distractions and centering i think you know then that's a, a a beautiful valid practice and I think I would recommend everyone to go outside with bare feet and touch the earth with their feet. And that's like a, an amazing earthing connective practice that I think a lot of people would benefit from. It's not everyone. Um, so just touching the earth with your feet, being in the sunlight and, you know, being a, a quiet stillness, being with your breath, 
I mean, that's probably as like formal as you need to get for right now if you're just starting out. Yeah, hundred percent. It's definitely a, a huge step when you're able to shut out the chaos that is the world, even if it's only for a moment every day. You know, um, I mean, I was guilty for a long time of getting wrapped up in the rat race and not allowing myself that time to decompress every day. Um, and now I can't help but do it a couple to a few times a day. <laughs> Otherwise, I just don't feel in tune with with what's going. I don't feel in tune with the world around me anyway when it comes to society and and all of this. And after reading into some of the secret teachings, I see how that the, all of these teachings were divided and broken into each little fractal pieces of themselves uh, in order to confuse people and and kind of keep them out of the truth that they are powerful in their own right, you know. Um, and it's, uh, I think it's it's probably a big reason why I set out just to communicate with people like yourself and and others, just to kind of read the room basically, so I could figure out how to help people along. Because if you if you have something, if you have contentment or you know peace of mind or peace of heart, and and you bogart that all to yourself. <laughs> and you don't try to share a little piece of that with people, in my opinion, uh, that peace of mind and peace of, of soul and spirit goes away. You know, there have been periods of time in my life where I haven't been putting back the energy that I've been receiving from the world and the positive energy. And, and so that kind of turns off like a spigot. Um, and so, yeah, when you're speaking about grounding that that's or earthing, that's how you are able to allow that flow to kind of kind of come through you, um, which is why all of our houses have carpets for the most part. And, and we all wear rubber shoes. There's a definite understood um, disadvantage that we are given through all of these mechanisms, whether it's carpeting or, you know what I mean? A rubberized yeah, I, floor. I live in Hawaii, so there's no carpet. <laughs> That's amazing. So you're you're right there. Yeah, you're right there on top of on top of Gaia's eyelid. <laughs> so yeah, we're on we're on Pele. Oh wow! So you're you're in quite the uh, energetic hot spot then, in oh, yeah. in more ways than one, not just seismically, but from what I understand, uh, the Hawaiian Islands are a very very high energy place. Absolutely, it's like a psychedelic trip every day. <laughs> that's the like best way I've ever heard it put. Cause I, I think it's, it's very true. Um, when you start diving into oneself, things become very fractal, uh, in nature, you know, and then sometimes the, the waking world becomes a little bit, a little bit fractal when you're less, inve uh, less invested in it, maybe emotionally, <laughs> like, uh, like I've tend to become, uh, with all the ridiculous in the world going on, you tend to kind of step back into that quiet place and observe and, and be patient, which is, you know, patience is a virtue. Uh, now that I get older and and have a, a child, I understand that that the patience aspect of life is way undersold to us when we're younger. <laughs> but there was, I have a funny story about patience. Um, I was living in a different island, actually, um, and I was considering moving off the island. I wasn't sure what I was doing. And I went to a party and they had these animal medicine cards on an altar and, you know, just out for anyone. And I wandered over to this table where their cards were and I just picked up the deck and cut it 
randomly and it was the ant and the ant said um patience across the card and i was like huh and i picked up the book and just opened it randomly and i opened it right to the ant chapter and i started reading it and there was a person behind me witnessing this whole thing that i didn't know and when i opened the book to the ant they went and I turned and they said, does the universe always speak this loudly to you? And <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I did just randomly cut the deck to this one thing and then open the book to this other and was just sort of on autopilot and didn't even realize I was doing something like really magical, you know, <laughs> and this person just sort of looked at me and they were like, uh, I'm sure there's some like hidden message there for you. And it was just what I needed to hear. And the answer of my question was the reward for patience is patience. Like by being patient, you get to cultivate patience. <laughs> which I found, yeah. But that's so frustrating when you don't have patience and you're <laughs> being yeah. forced to wait and develop it. But a hundred percent. It's um, it's so, yeah, it's like um, you're like ready to be off to the races and I, um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining that, you know, your younger parts of your life were very amped up because you were ready to get there and ready to go. And, and it's just like such a progressive thing within once you start this journey of, of seeking, uh, even if you're not always finding, you know, I'm just in the, the phase where I'm seeking, uh, at some point I will have found enough to relay to others, which is I'm looking forward to. And it's, it's awesome to be able to afford myself the patience to get to that point, you know, by making small steps. And um, yeah, so, so patience is a huge, huge thing. Um, I'm noticing more and more that I have to be patient with myself and reassess my, my thoughts. If I have a thought pop into my head, when a certain situation happens, um, all right, is that thought serving me, <laughs> you know, is it serving my sole purpose or is it not? Is it just something that, is like noise from this realm that we live in. There seems to be a lot of noise, um, oh, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe not so much on Hawaii, but, <laughs> but out here in the States, uh, it just, I think it depends on the people you're around. Um, and, you know, they may not necessarily know that they're vibing static, you know what I mean? That they're putting off this, this noise that kind of overshadows the, the positive vibes of the earth. So I think naturally there is a positive connection with the earth and with the sky and a lot of these uh, other signals that are out there, whether they're other people's chemistry or other people's emotions or even like radio waves, all this stuff screws with people to such an extent that, um, you know, some people uh, lose their wits and can't have any electronics around because they can hear the frequencies that these things give off. So where I was going with that, I'm not 100% sure I do that sometimes, <laughs> but but so it's uh yeah developing the patience to to be able to see things in yourself i think is key and it's just been really amazing having you on to reflect that um it's so great when i speak with people and and uh you know through the conversation i'm able to see more about what i need to do to move forward and i hope that that was the case here today with you too navier yeah it's it was really good having a chat and I'm glad that um, I got to share some interesting stories and connect in with your own experiences and maybe it'll inspire 
some folks out there. And I just want to say, like, it's not like all of a sudden you just arrive. It's no, not at all. It's, it's, a, it's it all journey. started with just wanting, actually wanting to be patient. Like in your heart, you have to, I guess you have to develop an idea of what patience is first. And then you have to like implement that within yourself and continually try over because, uh, you know, patience runs on thin supply unless you build it for yourself. And so at the very beginning, it was very difficult. You know, um, this has been a work in progress for years. Just in general, as a spiritual seeker, like it's a lifelong experience, a lifelong quest. And to maybe patience isn't the right word, but maybe being gentle with yourself and having compassion with yourself, like right where you're at is some good advice that I've been able to, um, you know, find in my own heart is like compassion for myself right now. And, um, trying to be present with what is instead of like taking us out of the moment into the future, like, well, someday I'll be able to, or someday, or in the past I was hurt or wounded or this happened. It's like you can center yourself in the present moment and like the here and the now. And that's some of the best like power that you can access is, is right here right now. Cause that's where it's all happening. Yeah. A hundred percent all the time. And, and, you know, the, through, through the, uh, the patient side of things, I've come to realize more and more, um, than in, inflection or reflection within like everything is happening. Like time is a construct of people. Okay. So it's, it's an out there concept to a lot of people, unless you've kind of jumped into that quiet space and you, you understand that time is a non-issue. Like, it's just how we experience uh, this consciousness in this moment, you know, like that's our experience. That's what experience is. So uh, it was, it was really, really wild though, to, uh, to be able to start to see these things and, and then to, to have you on and, uh, my mind's pretty blown about your your story about the bubbles. Uh, still, uh, it, it it is like I love it. Yeah, <laughs> it's really I, kind I really of dominating my headspace right now. I'm gonna have to decompress on that one. That is so cool. And yeah, um, I really haven't shared it shared that much before, and so it's like kind of a fresh story for your podcast and your listeners to have, which is fun. That's um, awesome. Yeah, and it's it's been like a kind of. Uh, a recurring theme, at least in my life and in discussions with others. So it's always like super interesting to have that validated uh, from yeah. like critical outside sources, especially mm-hmm. when like first it was like I had to validate it to myself. Now it seems that every direction I point my intention at, it's revalidated and that this was the starting point for me. Um, maybe not so much 100% spiritually, but motivationally. That was the starting point for me to find my voice and, you know, project my, my good energies and vibes into the world, you know, in order to receive that abundance back. Cause you you have to do that. That's, you know, part of uh, what I feel my purpose is anyway. Um, Not everybody has the same purpose though. I suppose Uh, there, there are those that their purpose is to disrupt and sow chaos in order for the others uh, to be able to sow light, you know? So it's kind of, uh, kind of a toss up and I'm learning more about that, but yeah, what an amazing, an amazing story. I really appreciate you sharing that with me. That just totally made my night. <laughs> you are welcome. Um, is, is it a good time for me to share? Yes. hundred percent. Yes. Um, so I have an Etsy shop 
I used to have a website and I live off grid. So it became really hard for me to keep it updated. So I moved everything over to my Etsy shop and it is um, kind of under the umbrella of a wandering witch. So I have a wandering witch Etsy shop and that's where you can find me on social media. Um, the easiest way for people to connect with me is via my link tree. And there you have um, links to all the different portals. I have a Patreon with um, like monthly offerings and also private sessions that come included with the higher tiers. Um, I have um, so Instagram and Facebook, and I'm also on TikTok. And those are links that you can find on my link tree also. Um, and the podcast, which is only on Spotify, a Wandering Witch podcast. And you can get to that also from the link tree. So the link tree is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E backslash a Wandering Witch. Link L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E backslash a Wandering Witch. And there you have access to all the different Etsy shops, um, Patreon, social media, and podcast. And I don't, I think there might be just an email to contact me, but um, if not, you can access me through any of the social medias that have links right on the link tree. But yeah, so Psychic Sessions, I do Akashic Records. Uh, I also offer um, just clairvoyant mediumship and I've been doing something called soul star coaching that came to me from this is a whole other um, podcast topic we can mm -hmm. do another time if you want maybe yeah but, um, right on <laughs> I had um, I was doing a session with a client a longtime client actually and his um, like higher self came through and my higher self came through and started working with the soul star chakra and then beyond. So we went all the way up to the 15th chakra, which I didn't even know existed. And that was where we did the session from. So I've been doing these soul star coaching sessions with folks that are more into like their interdimensional selves. And it's sort of like a different take on the Akashic records. It's a little bit more of like a, connecting to your parallel lives or starseed lives and bringing it all down into this like present moment where you're at. So it's pulling from a lot of different um, techniques that I already do kind of lumping it all into one um, sort of like gestalt area of like what you need. We just do at that time. So those are also available on um, my Etsy and yeah. That's amazing. That sounds like a like a heck of a time uh, and an enjoyable one at that. That's got to be an awesome uh, place to do your work from way up there. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I've heard like little snippets about you know the things the, the the connection of that thread and that there are chakras like above and into other dimensions and below and into other dimensions. So that's really crazy that you said that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And, and there is, um, I do sound healings. I offer that with the um, Patreon too, but I also have, uh, I call them self-love sessions. So they're 
like videos or if you want live streaming. Um, if you, you know, I am in Hawaii, so sometimes scheduling for folks. I have clients in Europe and sometimes in Australia can be difficult to sync our schedules. So I do offer like pre-recorded sessions um, if folks can't do um, like live video or live voice call. And some folks honestly want a recorded session. They, they prefer that. They can watch it again and again. Um, so that's also available. But the, um, the Reiki self-love sessions are nice because I do sound healing on people via distance Reiki. And um, the, the sound frequency helps to clear away blockages in their energy field and align their chakras and their energy. And it's super healing and soothing. I also work with Andara crystals, um, which haven't gotten a lot of press, but they're also kind of controversial, honestly. Um, there are, are a lot of fakes out there. People are um, like manufacturing fake crystals, like Moldavite is another one that they um, do a lot of fakes of, but I get mine from a genuine source um, from the Lady Nelly land. It's like authentic. And I've gotten fakes, but you know, by accident before, and I can tell the difference energetically, like right away. Um, but yeah, so I include the Andara crystal healing and other crystals. I love quartz. Um, I'll do, uh, like crystal grids for folks with the healing session, especially if they request it, but sometimes I'll just do it, um, intuitively. And yeah, so people get like an hour or 30 minutes of sound healing with crystal bowls and um, a bit of light language and prayers and chants and mantras, and they get to just relax and sink in. And it's like a custom um, energy song, energy healing song for them. And that's a really good way to tune in. And if you want to center. Yeah, abs absolutely. When it comes to singing bowls, um you know, if, if you um, are just like a novice, it can be overwhelming, <laughs> um, especially if you've got a lot of blockages, uh, you know, it can be a little bit jarring to uh, unblock those sometimes uh, if they've been blocked up for a good long time. <laughs> so it's awesome that you have uh, kind of a more intuitive sense of how to go about that with each individual person. Yeah. And my prayer always is like, let this be gentle and let the information be processed at a pace that we can all keep up with. And that's, I mean, because it really doesn't help anyone if you're like a pile of goo on the floor. <laughs> right. A hundred percent. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's crucial to have, to have a good guide uh, in, in that realm and in that sense. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm super stoked that you're out there for, for the people and uh, I've been there this evening for me, it's been a wonderful conversation. And I, once again, I appreciate you. It was a mind-blowing experience, to say the least. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Randy. Thank you for having me. And thank you thank so you. much for coming on the Red Thread. It's much appreciated. The Royal We here appreciates your time. <laughs> and good uh, luck with your show. I appreciate you for having me on. And Thank you. Um, thanks for everyone listening. I appreciate you for listening. <laughs> thank you so much. And, and we'll speak again. We'll go over some of the details of, of some of your experiences next time. I'm sure I'll have you on again. Yeah. I would love that. Thank okay, you so much. <laughs> Aloha. Goodbye. Aloha.